0: Hello, and welcome back to Obedient Love. This is Viola Strepsata Volterine, and I just spent yesterday morning doing something, it's one of my least favorite things. I was talking down some jilted Doms. Okay, one of them wasn't a real Dom, in fact, I'd hazard to guess that the second one was kind of full of shit too, if I'm being honest. Both of them were women, online, who had pulled a couple of subs into their orbit. On the one hand, we had Deb, who had, it seems, gotten attached to one of the subs who's now under consideration to join my house. She's been taking tribute, asking for pics of him and flirting. Always looming was the distant possibility of someday meeting in person. I couldn't say if she really ever intended to meet him, but her reaction, betrayed a bit of desperation. She insisted, ordered, and then pleaded with me to give him back once he said that he didn't want to serve her. I pointed out to her that his submission was still a matter of choice, and it was still his choice who he wishes to serve. I always speak to women with reason and love. Even if they're very upset, I always remember that there's a human being on the other end of the conversation, and I try to get through to them in a heartfelt way. I've been involved with DS long enough to know that subby men serving purely online can be a bit fickle, let's face it. It's much easier to control and discipline a man who's right in front of you. And you have to set your intention with them and set the rules early on, even in person. They must undergo a period of testing and training before they should be trusted as loyal and serious. Talk is cheap, as they say. Women, if you're listening to this, don't get attached to a sub who is yet to prove himself. Let him know what the stakes are and that his focus should be entirely on you. Submissive men require straightforward, clear instructions. Otherwise, they just sort of flounder around and roam around and look for the right mistress. So the other one was Thelma. This one was an obvious scammer doing the oldest blackmail game in the book. Step one, collect all the personal intel. Get the Facebook page, address, place of employment, etc. Step two, have him do embarrassing things and send you pictures of it and video. Step three, ask him to buy a kit full of fetish gear at some jacked up price. And guys, he's never going to see that fetish gear, trust me. Step four, if he refuses to buy, threaten to ruin him. Now this scam is the stupidest because even if the scammer follows through, they still get zero out of it. And they end up putting out so much effort that they might as well get a real job. It makes no sense and makes me believe that the person behind it is in dire straits. Extortion is a felony after all. It's quite a risk to run for no return. How bad off do you have to be to need to do that? Or to feel like you should do that? Anyway, I've got to say, it's hard out there for a sub. Landmines of cons and scams and pretend mistresses around every corner. What you're experiencing is a bit like the reason why women tell men that they have a boyfriend when they don't, or they give out a fake phone number. It's just to avoid the persistent harassment. So I took on the role of protector yesterday stepping in to assertively pry loose these women's grip on these men who are actually sincere, sweet subs being preyed upon and not preyed upon in the fun way. The con is a dead-end road and leading men on eventually leads you nowhere. If you want to make money on submissive men, women, if you're listening to this, go into an honest profession, become a prodom and offer something of value it's actually much less work to be legit than it is to spend the energy dragging men along in some elaborate setup. That shit has got to be exhausting. Submissive women sometimes count on a trusted friend as protector. This is sub-women I'm talking about. Someone aggressive who really cares about them. They can defer authority to this person when they feel threatened and timid. Saying my protector says I shouldn't Sounds a lot more off-putting than, I'm not comfortable. Subs allow the protector to act as a buffer between them and someone who might want to do them harm. I say it's a fantastic idea and submissive men should follow suit. Run everything past your protector and avoid getting into exploitive situations that are difficult to get out of. Have someone watch your back. Have a go-to dom or anyone to step in when needed and make sure she's fierce, with a talent for de-escalating the predators. And guys, I can't stress this enough, it's okay to send a token or a tribute to women to let them know that you're serious, that's perfectly fine, but before you start sending them the identifying information and the embarrassing photos, get to know them. Because real blackmail is nowhere near as fun as it sounds. Have real conversations. See their face on cam or hear their voice. Ask for clarity on what they expect from you. Just because a woman demands something from you online does not mean she's automatically your mistress. You can be cautious and you can have boundaries here. A real dom will understand. Once you're in a relationship, that's when you can let your guard down. You can start allowing your boundaries to stretch, and you can allow yourself to be controlled completely. Okay, so on that note, on to the fun stuff. If you haven't read it, there's a book out called Finding Love Through Female Domination. It's about the serious, long-term love relationship between the author, Renee Lane, and her submissive lover, whom she calls Butler. I recently started corresponding with Renee about our common goal to make people recognize that female-led relationships can be intensely real and they are not just some sort of made up male fantasy. Women want it too. Kinky women who share your kinky desires. Renee wrote to me, my only desire is to empower women. I want FLR to be as common and as accepted a choice as gay marriage. And she and I are definitely on the same page here. So I thought instead of sharing my own erotic fiction today, I'd share a bit of her book. This is an excerpt from Finding Love Through Female Domination. If you love it, go over to Amazon, grab a copy for yourself. It's really worth it. So the book is divided up between um, emails from Ms. Renee to her friend Heather and Heather's responses, and also a journal kept by Butler, the submissive. And the, the part I'm going to read to you now is from Butler's Journal. Butler's Journal, first real test, February 2009. Once Ms. Renee and I seriously began to live a female led lifestyle, I gave my mistress permission to follow her interests no matter where they took us. I had discovered a burning need in me to truly surrender a dominant woman that went unsatisfied until I met her. I wanted something real. I can't explain my sexuality to someone who does not feel the allure of the dominant woman any more than a gay man can explain his love for other men. It took a long time for me to realize the extent of my desires. As I came to an awareness of what I wanted, I realized that starting at puberty I had always been deeply attracted to Jung's archetypal bitch goddess. For example, I rooted for Catwoman instead of Batman. I wanted the queen in Snow White to win. I was always attracted to the bad girl. In my personal life, I project a strong personality. During my career as an attorney, I used my assertive demeanor to intimidate people, such as the opposing counsel in the courtroom. Nevertheless, the idea of a woman taking control of me continued to grow in my fantasy life. Other than several bumbling attempts at role play with the few women who were willing to pretend to be dominant, my desires remained buried and unfulfilled. They came fully alive when I met Ms. Renee. We had a lot in common a mutual attraction, and a desire to follow our our S&M inclinations as far as possible. We were friends a long time, and then lovers. We had established a relationship of trust before I admitted to my desires. Somehow I knew she was the right woman. We started our relationship with her enjoying more sexual power because of her relative youth and beauty. I knew that I would always be more attracted to her than she could ever be to me. The more we experimented and followed the path to my submission, the more attracted I became. I have been successful with women in my life, but I have never been obsessed with one until she started dominating me. Now she is all I think about. This week, I knew that my mistress was having a friend visit for the weekend. She told me that I would be banished from her home while her friend was there, but I would get a chance to meet her if they had time. She cautioned me to be on my best behavior, should that happen. That evening, she presented me with her first real test of my sincerity to be her submissive. We live about three blocks apart in a historic neighborhood in Memphis. The previous week after I had cleaned her house, my mistress spent several minutes each night teasing me sexually, By the end of the week I was in a frenzy to please her. I would learn that this strategy was not unusual for her. She loves to work me into a lather before asking something difficult of me. I called her on the phone as I do each Friday evening to inquire what services she needed of me during the weekend. I knew that the opportunity to see her would be limited because she had company she told me that she doubted she would have any time for me until the following week i was disappointed so i told her so she asked me if i were truly interested in pleasing her using a poetic image i declared that i would crawl to her house on my hands and knees to please her there was a long silence on the phone then i heard several minutes of feverish whispering Finally, I heard the tone of voice I knew was a serious demand. Actually, that's a perfect idea. It's even better than my own plan. I want you to do it. Crawl all the way here. Get started right now. I was shocked. I hadn't meant it to be a serious suggestion. It's true that we only live three blocks apart, but that's a very long way to crawl on one's knees. I began to stammer some reason for not fulfilling her request, but I heard only silence from her end, a short pause, and the receiver landing gently in its cradle. It was an impossible request. I could have refused, but I have been down that path before. It always ends with me begging once again to be her slave. Then she would increase her demand to make it even more difficult. I learned quickly that it's best to obey the first time. It was close to 7 p.m. on a cold, dark February evening, so the neighborhood sidewalks were clear of pedestrians. However, my neighbors knew me. What possible excuse could I come up with for crawling down the sidewalk? Knowing she was waiting for me, I didn't bother to answer my own question. I grabbed a flashlight, and I started out the door. I left on my knees to not look Too much like a fool I decided to pantomime looking for a lost object. I shined the light back and forth across the sidewalk. I was ridiculously but desperately afraid someone would come out of his or her home to help me look. I had no idea what I would tell them. What could be so small and important enough that I would crawl down the sidewalk? I could come up with nothing. Nevertheless, I decided to keep acting as if I were looking for something so that cars would not stop thinking I was crawling because I was injured. I thought about walking partway, impossible. She might have stepped out of her house to see if I was really crawling. I couldn't do it even if I knew she was inside her home. Our relationship was built on complete integrity. There would be no way to repair the damage a lie would cause. Cars slowed but they did not stop as I slowly made my way to her house. I had to cross the street twice. I waited until the traffic was clear and scuttled across on my hands and knees. Luckily I met no one walking during the journey. It was dark and my knees hurt from the cold ground. I felt completely foolish and embarrassed. The last few feet crawling up her driveway were strangely the worst. I felt embarrassed about her seeing me. I had been humbled. As I made my way up the driveway, I heard her door open and the clink of glasses and laughter. To my horror, I realized that Miss Renee was not alone. Ha, ha, he really did it! I heard a female voice I did not recognize, followed by her laughter. I told you he would. He's starting to learn his place. Miss Renee responded. What a complete fool! I have no idea what you see in him, but at least he's obedient," came the other, raspier voice. All right, I'll leave off there. I just found this a very amusing passage, <laughs> and I thought there was one key point that really struck me, is his, his um, reluctance to lie about it. To He could have walked halfway and then crawled, or he could have just crawled up the length of her driveway. But, he knew that their relationship was built on this bond of trust. And that's very, very important, especially in DS relationships. So I really liked that about this part of the story, and just the image of him crawling down the street with the flashlight. I found it very amusing, (laughs) (laughs) and so I thought I'd share that with you. And it only gets deeper and deeper from there. This is early on in the book, it's the first test that she really puts him to. So if you liked it, like I said, go to Amazon, pick up a copy. It's, it's a great read. If you are enjoying my podcast and would like to serve me, check out my six-month training program at obedient.love, where I guide and lead you to become the best submissive you can possibly be and find the dominant woman of your dreams. Also, check out my larger vision of the future, my future house of female authority, Cathexis house. At cathexishouse.com. That's C A T H E X I S H O U S E.com. And as always, stay kinky.